0: You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. Uh, school mornings in the Kelly household are not the most cheerful of occasions. Um, three kids in school, a wife who works for the school system. I am expected to be here in the morning. Uh, That means we have to get up early. And um, most of us do not greet the day uh, in the happiest of moods when it's still dark outside. Kate is the lone exception. Um, She's the only cheerful person in our house in the morning. Um, It must be hard for her to put up with the rest of us grouches. And so uh, this morning, I'm downstairs, (coughs) coffee is still brewing, um, I'm sort of going about my usual morning routine when this uh, very light-hearted voice behind me says, Happy Lent! <laughs> I thought, hmm, I've never in my life heard that greeting before. And I said, well, happy Lent to you too. Uh, and then we sort of went about our routine. Um, then a little while later, Kate comes back in the kitchen and she says, Daddy, I have a question. So Kate. okay. And she said, um... Now, is Lent the time when we're just told how sinful and how horrible we are? I said, well, not, not, not exactly. Um, and she said, well, I don't want to be told how horrible I am this whole time. I was like, no, no. I said, really, we only do that mostly on Ash Wednesday. Today uh, really is about how sinful we are. And then this turned into... Uh, an unexpected and really enjoyable conversation between four of us um, about the difference between being sinful and being horrible. And like I told her, I'll say the same thing to you. None of us is really horrible. I mean, we may say horrible things from time to time. We may even do some horrible things. But when it comes right down to it, None of us is horrible, not in our nature, but we are (coughs) sinful. There's no getting around that. Whether we do or say something that we might think is sinful, we we are broken, all of us, fundamentally. And um, I want to suggest to you that our sinfulness, our brokenness, really comes down to two Fundamental things, and because of that, I'm going to do something this year that um, I don't think I've ever done before. Which is, I'm going to tell you what I think you should give up for Lent. <laughs> now, people ask me that all the time. I got to give up something for Lent. What should I give up? There's been a movement, you know, in recent years uh, of people saying, "Well, you know, instead of giving up chocolate again this year, I'm going to take something on." usually with this very self-satisfied air. That's fine. That's all well and good. Um, But it doesn't fool me, and I I realize what this means is I don't really want to sacrifice anything. So if I just say I'm going to do something extra, then, you know, it kind of balances out. I'm sure that doesn't apply to any of y'all. Y'all have probably all, each and every one of you, picked out the thing that you are going to give up for the next 40 days. You're happy about it, and you know at the end of this season you're going to be so much closer to Jesus. And if that is the case, by all means, keep on giving it up. But I'm going to give you two more things that you should give up as well. In fact, we all should. Because, you know, you know, I'm telling you this, right? Because I figured out these are the two things that I need to give up. Here they are. Two, so they're the cause of every problem in the world. you know what they are? Me and you. That's it. Me and and you. Now, I don't really mean you know, give me up, and I'm not going to give you all up. I'm not going to get rid of you. But think about this way: <clears throat> me and you, as in, um, what about me? What's in this for me? What are you going to do for me? There's what lies at the heart of most of our sinfulness is our um, unstoppable, unquenchable fascination with ourselves and our constant tendency towards self-centeredness, where everything is or should be all about me. And why don't you people appreciate me more That self-centeredness will lead us only to self-hitting. And if we journey too far down that road, what we find is that, or, or, or too deeply into that hole, what we find is that it turns into a bottomless pit. The more we are concerned with me, the more we have to be concerned with me because that need For attention, that need um, for appreciation, that need for whatever it is, really can't ever be satisfied. And it will grow and grow and grow until we are consumed with and by me. If you think that's not your problem, maybe you're right. So uh, let's go to the second fundamental cause of our sinfulness, which is you. Again, not y'all individually. But as in, um, how could you do that to me? You always say things like that. Don't you care how unhappy you make me? When, when, When we start starting sentences with you, we should really watch out. Because you in that sense is all blame and accusation and if me will lead me into self-pity you leads us straight into bitterness and resentment <clears throat> if, if, if I can make everything be about you and your fault then I can get through these next 40 days without a hint of self-examination or repentance Because I can make it all your fault. You become responsible for what I do, for the way I think, for how I feel. Me and you in in those terms, that is the 12-lane superhighway of self-pity and resentment that leads us straight into sinfulness, And straight to the grave. So I want you to think about giving up me and you for Lent this year. Now, I'm not just going to curse the darkness, so I'm going to light a candle for you. Because I'm going to tell you uh, the, the corrective, the cure, the fix for me and you. And I'm really happy about this because this is not only theologically correct, it is grammatically correct as well. The cure for me and you is you and I. You and I. You just plug those in to where me and you were before. What about you? What's in this for you? What can we do for you (coughs) that takes that self-centeredness, that attention only on me, 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 and directs it outward. That leads us to compassion, to generosity. That leads us to love. And the other part of that is I. You just plug in I where you had you before. What what did I do in this situation? Why did I do that? How am I responsible for my own unhappiness? my own dissatisfaction. When we go from you to to I, then that really does turn us back towards self-examination. We get to look at what our part in whatever it is, is and see where we are wrong, where we are to blame, where we need to change to bring about whatever the change is that, that we want to see in our lives. Me and you, that is the path to the grave, broad, easy to navigate, and quick to travel. But you and I, that is the narrow path on which lie the footsteps of Jesus. And if we journey down that path, we're going to find the grave. But we will also find the resurrection. Um, um. Mm-hmm. <laughs>